Hi folks, welcome to the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast by Gary Ryan from Organisations That Matter. In this podcast, Gary shares everything about servant leadership, service leadership, authentic leadership, how to create high performance cultures, service excellence and life balance. Here's your host, Gary Ryan. Thank you, Sienna, for your lovely introduction. I'm very, very delighted, folks. I have Dale Stevens, who took herself all the way to London and got trained as an actress and discovered her passion for acting at a very young age. Her journey took her from London to Sydney to New Zealand and back to Melbourne as she pursued her love for the craft of acting. One of the pivotal moments in Dale's career was landing a role in Mission Impossible, pretty cool show, where she portrayed an assassin, but we all know what happens to assassins, right, in front of a famous US actor. This experience taught her that her best work happened when she was most afraid, and it was going to be great to hear more about that, which led her to make friends with her nerves, as we all need to do. Over the past 11 years, Dale has worked with lawyers, accountants, business owners, government departments, entrepreneurs, telecommunications, and budding speakers. It turns out that there are ways of behaving that are common to all of us, and as Dale says, human behaviour drives economics. So welcome, Dale. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's great to have you with us. And given the businesses and the variation that you work with, I'm absolutely eager to hear about what you do for businesses through the acting and the storytelling and the skills that you teach them to implement in their businesses? Well, I think it all starts with that we're, we're all acting, but most people do it unconsciously. So they, they do it in response to their environment or their past experiences or their limiting beliefs. They're kind of trapped in that sort of reaction of what they're doing. But mm. there is another way. You are right. It's called Playwright and it's about acting consciously and communicating intentionally because as an actor, you're very intentional. You've worked out your body language, your voice, your your intention for the scene, your intention for the whole character journey. It's very intentional. And so what I've done is I've taken all my acting techniques and I've created hacks. So there's body hacks and vocal hacks and mind hacks. And so I teach people these hacks so that they can have like a toolkit to be able to mm. bring them out in in um, any situation that works for them. Hacks being shortcuts that work, right? So I'm at work. My manager has asked me to do a presentation. I'm really confident in what I do, but presenting is not something that I'm really particularly cool at. What would be one or two hacks that you would teach someone in that scenario? Darling? Okay, well, that really comes into my foundational practices. So I've got seven foundational practices, and the first one I start with is that, because if you can't do that, nothing else matters. Well, well, because if you can't create a conversation, if it's a performance and you're ner- if you're nervous, people will feel it and they will be nervous. Mm-hmm. So. When, when you're nervous, either you come across nervous, which makes the audience feel nervous, or you do kind of a professional thing where you speak in a certain way and do the eye contact and look at this, and everyone's bored out of their brain. So either way, it doesn't work. So the technique I use is where you talk to one person and it's a conversation because if you're having a conversation with them, they're interested. So that's the Mm. first foundational practice that um, I always go through with people. So talking with one person or doing that, let's say there's 50 people that that are there or maybe even bigger audience, from a practical perspective, how do you help someone sort of mentally switch on to yeah, just, just focus on one person. Okay, so you don't talk to one person who's there. You don't no. eyeball one person who's there. So, <laughs> people do. 
People do. They find someone who's oh, like yes, talking and looking at them. And I yes. think, but what if they leave or look at their watch or go on their phone? <laughs> like it's. But also, every time you're looking at someone, you're cutting off half of your audience as well. And they go, well, they're not. Talk- she's not talking to me. So what? So it's it's an acting technique that you that um, we use to create relationships with other actors. And so it involves imagining you're talking to one person. You work out which who that person is, a trusted person, and then you ha- then you develop the technique to be able to just see that person and start talking. And so that would be part of your preparation. Then I would assume is that you you prepare that way. And so that when you're when you're delivering, your delivery is if it's to one person, and in fact your audience is a whole bunch of one people. Yes, exactly. They are. Yeah. People think you're talking just yeah. to them. I was yeah. an MC once, and I wasn't even doing a keynote. And this high-powered politician came up to me afterwards and said, "You did such a great job." And I thought, "Really? I didn't really do much." But it's this technique. That people actually think that you're all, that you're talking to them, and it's quite difficult because it, it means that you're going into your creative headspace rather than your critical. So people have a bit of trouble adjusting, but once they've got it, it's actually a technique. So it's not a preparation that you have to do. Spend five minutes, you know, in the bathroom imagining this person and stuff like that. Once you've got the technique, you can use it anytime, and you can use it for video, for massive crowds, small crowds, anytime, one to many. And I never yes. want my people to be feel confident in themselves because that's ridiculous because sometimes you don't feel confident. Sometimes you're sick or you're tired or someone's said something mean to you or you've crashed the car or something and you go, I don't feel confident. I have to feel confident. You can't. You can't feel confident all the time. But what you can be is confident in the technique. Like yes. if you're confident in your technique, yes. you don't have to worry about it. You step up, imagine the person, start talking. I mean, I use it all the time. and. It's infallible. And as you say, understand the technique, learn the technique, do the technique, and then everything else around it becomes secondary because you're just doing the technique. I mean, it's, it's interesting. We, we come from very different worlds. It's one of the things I talk about with the folk that I coach is about focus on what you need to do right now, which is your technique, rather than worrying about what the outcome is. The outcome will just look after itself. And to some degree, that's uncontrollable other than the control you have over executing your technique. Well, that's so true. And the thing is, is that also people think that why you speak is to transfer information. What it is, is to start a relationship. So it's Mm. have a connection with that person. So it's to start a relationship. And yes, you've got, you know, presumably a good message, but really you could send them an email with a good message. You could give them a little card. Here's the good message. Yeah. your ideas aren't necessarily so phenomenal. What it is is that it starts a relationship, that if you can actually have a personal connection with your audience and a cool idea, then they're going to want to talk to you. Which is how we ended up here today. Exactly. <laughs> you know, through our mutual friend Malcolm Deary and then having a chat, and we said, hey, we should do a podcast episode together because of the way that conversation went. So it's exactly. an ex- exact example. Yep. So, Dale, I'm interested because mindset plays such a big role for everyone in all sorts of businesses and the variety of businesses that you're working with. Is there a common mindset mindset trait that you've noticed is present with people when they first come to work with you that, that with one of your hacks seems to help them quickly overcome whatever that mindset trait is. Are you saying that they're locked in a mindset 
or they have a specific mindset yeah. that want to work with me. Yeah, they've got a well, they've got they're locked in a mindset that's stopping them from doing whatever it is that they're trying to do from a communication point of view. Yep. And then they find out about you, they come and work with you, and you help unlock that mindset. Okay, so I can tell you one of the mind hacks. One of the mind hacks is about describing rather than explaining. If you're explaining, you tend to go on and on and on and on and on. If you're describing, you say it quite succinctly, which people like, funnily enough. Would you like me to do an example? I would love an example, thank you. Okay, so if I was talking about pausing, which does happen to be one of the other hacks, uh, and I was explaining it, I could say, look, pausing is really important because when you pause, it means that other people have a chance to hear what you say, and it also means that you have a bit more gravitas, and it also means that you probably slow down your speech, and it also means that you know people will take you a bit more seriously, blah, 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 because you're explaining, and your brain never finishes explaining. But if you're describing, then you probably go something like, look, pausing. It's fantastic. You have a chance to collect your thoughts and other people have a chance to hear what you're saying. Done. (laughs) (laughs) You just use pausing three times to demonstrate pausing in about ten words. (laughs) Yeah. So describing. You're describing. I mean, it was describing and pausing. Uh, But, yeah, describing. If you just describe something, you you tell your brain to describe something, it will finish. And yes. people see in pictures yes. too, so describing is yes, better. Of course. Yeah, that's so powerful. Have you got a really interesting challenge that with one of your clients that is a is a good way of describing, I guess, for our audience that might not know exactly what you do and, and the impact that it can have in a business? Yeah, so I had this amazing woman. She was a head of sustainable investment at a big superannuation company. And this woman was so brilliant, but so nervous about speaking in public. She came out in a rash before her wedding because she was going to have to speak at a wedding. And so she just avoided all public speaking as much as she could. Anyway, I worked with her and then she absolutely nailed it on this international um, panel and then got her company to be one of 30 companies represented at the UN. Oh, wow. And that's life-changing. That's extremely powerful, Dale, for someone to go through that experience and actually go from having a rash break out at their wedding to being able to present in such a way that they help their organisation get selected for a very limited positions on a UN panel is the business impact of, of these skills. What would be another hack that you find is really useful because you shared one with me the other day that I've been trying myself. So in the area of storytelling, the the best hack really for storytelling is to speak in the present tense because it takes you into the moment and so take draws your audience into your world. And it's a little bit like the explaining describing is that you don't try and explain what happened and impress people or whatever. You just live in the moment. Would you like me to do a bit of a present thing about how I fell in love with acting? Yes, that would be fabulous. I teach storytelling, so this has been new for me, and it's been a really wonderful challenge. And noticing the impact, too, has been really positive. And I would say my skills are two out of ten at the moment, telling stories with that present tense. So, yes, please, that would demonstrate. That would be great. Okay, so I'm six years old. I'm sitting in the Princess Theatre, and I snuggle down into the seat, and it's all dark. And then the lights come up and I see 
Kathleen Gorham, prima ballerina, and she's Alice in Alice in Wonderland. And she goes down the rabbit hole and she comes up into a whole new world. And in that moment, I'm hooked. Yes. I'm in love with acting and it drives the rest of my life. So yes. the power of the way you told that story is you take us to the six-year-old girl at the Princess Theatre witnessing this moment in the play. And we can see Alice go down the rabbit hole and we can see the new world and whatever we picture that in our own minds, right? But it's so easy for that for the listener to create that visual, that video, if you like, of your story, by you telling it in that present tense like that. So not when I was six, I'm six, sitting in the theatre. It's very, very powerful. It's a massive hack, I would say, uh, for folk out there uh, to, be able to, to be able to do that. So one of the other things, too, with the work that you're doing with the variety of businesses, sometimes with the work that both of you and I do um, from a consulting point of view, people think that you might only be limited to, to one industry. But the reality of what you do is it's about human skills. And as you say, the human behaviours drive economies. So there is no limit to the industry where these skills are applicable. No, and one of the f- fun things that happens is, look, I don't get to meet the spouses of all the people I work with, but sometimes I do. And uh, so I was at a, I'm M- MC again, at a law firm's 20th anniversary and I'd worked with the head of the law firm a couple of years beforehand and his wife I've never met before she comes up to me and she says that work you do with my husband it's incredible he's teaching our children what what you taught him and I've seen such a change in him and I did tear up yes for success how to achieve life harmony and fulfillment is my new book it's out now Check out the link in the show notes for all the details of how to get the new book, Yes for Success, How to Achieve Life Harmony and Fulfillment. It's going to teach you a whole heap of strategies around how to have increased happiness now and into the future for your life. If not for you, get it for someone else that might be struggling or floating along in life. This book works. And as you can see, folks, the book debuted at number six on Amazon. So people have reacted to it very positively. Check it out. You can get your copy too. Now let's return to the interview with Dale Stevens. Because the, the power of that, that's, that's also become generational with the children being taught. This is one of the other things when, when people listen into the, these episodes is you pick up things and if you do have children, like go and teach your kids this stuff. Teach, teach them these, these hacks. Teach them now because if you've got a few more years on the earth like I have, it's like, oh, golly, I wish I had had the opportunity to learn what I'm learning now. I love what I get to learn now. I love that I've got to learn this hack in the last few weeks, for example, with the storytelling. But wow, imagine if I had to learn that when I was in my teens or, or in my early 20s or even 30s. I'd take it. And I really encourage folk to, to get out there and share that. And I can hear the audience asking me to ask you this, Dale, and, and, yes. and that is, is there such a thing as a typical journey with you or is it bespoke every time? Uh, well, it, it is. It's a structured process, but then it's okay, personalized right. delivery. So, yeah, so what I do is I have a chat to someone and – give them a bit of an idea of what I do and if they're interested in that. I send out a questionnaire, an extensive questionnaire, so I can learn about them. Then I will use the basic core practices, the foundational practices, seven one-hour sessions for the team, and 
get them all locked into that. And then after that, we go into a deep dive uh, for mm-hmm. it's like an extreme sport. <laughs> And uh, and then they're <laughs> seven three-hour ones. And after that, and that's called – so the first one's called Act Up. The second one is okay. D5. Yep. And then the last one is Act Out. And that's like Hunger Games because everyone gets on the platform and fights it out. So it's got those three three areas. And uh, But then I – but I use the, all the information from the questionnaire to pull in which hacks – because not everyone needs all of them, and I definitely can't give. I'm no. all up. There's 48, so I'm not going to hammer people with 48 hacks. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll just bring in the ones that they need and that work best for them. There's a video series. There's maybe multiple video series in that. There's my my brain's hacking with that. Oh, hey, 48 hacks. You could how, how you we could package that up uh, <laughs> different way. There's a book at least. Maybe maybe there's four different books with 12 hacks each. Like. Yeah, <laughs> Similarly, you could do the same sort of system, no doubt, for a business. Like if a business wanted a whole team of people to go through that experience, it'd be the same process, just they're just in one order. Well, it's designed for a team. It's actually designed oh, for yeah. a team. So it's um, it's up yeah. to eight people in these. Okay. In the, yeah. So it is actually designed yeah. for a team. Heaps of fun. I'm, 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 I, can, I can hear the laughter. Look, it's so true, and um, because I, well, I do have, I do have some slogans. So, do you want to hear them? Yes. Okay. Please. So, the first one is human behaviour drives economics. So, yes. and my other one is most fun wins because when you're, you have fun when you're in flow, when you're in the zone. So that's mm-hmm. so when, when you're really, and when you're doing what you're really good at with other people doing what they're really good at, and you have really good outcomes. That's when when you have fun. So, most fun wins. And the other thing is that people believe what you believe, hmm. and the hardest audience is you. For sure, and that's why those starting with those mindset hacks is often very powerful and very important for people because they've got to believe in themselves. They've got to believe in their well, message. They've got, to well, they've got to believe in the technique. But when I work with people, it's not just um, about the, the behavior has to come from your character, like who you are. So working with me, you become more you. So, yes. I, I mean, I'll, I'll work with, you know, that, that woman, you know, that fantastic woman, and then the head of the law firm. That you will, no one will ever know that they won't act similarly. <laughs> so, it's, it's about yeah. you're, you're, always, you're always narrating your own story. You're always expressing your own character. Hmm. But mostly what happens is that people hide behind uh, professionalism, nerves or professionalism or some lingering habits and ways of ways of being and the most fun for me is when people's personality starts really coming out yes yeah because you did say in your journey that through that mission impossible where you're part of the series as an assassin it really stood out to you to make friends with your your nerves so then there must be a light bulb moment that sort of happened during that time is that what happened yeah absolutely i mean i was i was so terrified acting like i mean i remember thinking to footballers throw up. I'm not throwing up. I can't even be that. I can't be that scared. I must be okay. I was so <laughs> terrified. And with Mission Impossible, I had this situation where I was playing an assassin, and one of the scenes I was in this hotel room working, um, planning a bomb by myself. So I'm on on set with the other actors, you know, for the leading up. It's all great. There's lots of people around. And they're going, "Oh, you're so fabulous!" And it's all great. It's all happening. And then I've got this scene where I'm totally by myself, 
in a, like a red leotard, holding a gun, oh. pretending to be an assassin. And so I went, oh, yeah, I don't know. And he went, then we're at the, the preview with the other actors and they're all famous American actors and I'm there, there with them and my scene's coming up and I think, what's it going to be? Like it could be just so bad. Um, and so, yeah, I was absolutely terrified. And then it was really good. I was really happy with it and I thought, okay, so when you're most terrified, you do your best work, it's okay. So that's an interesting thing too, to see the scene the first time yourself with your colleagues and, but equally not be hypercritical of yourself because you said, hey, it was really good. And, and a lot of people don't do that, do they? they? They are so hypercritical of themselves that they can't see the good in what they just did. Well, I think that comes, everything comes back to technique. The only reason mm. I was any good is because I used my acting technique. Yes. And so uh-huh, it's the same with everything. So really you're either in the moment or you're not. You're in flow or you're not. It, I mean, you can yes. always criticise five million different things because the, the choices that you can make are endless but if you're yes. in but if you're in the moment and you're in flow then that that's gold and so adding to the gold because we've got 48 hacks we've probably shared about three or four so far what's one more hack that you go okay i know this one really works well i think the audience would benefit from this what would be your last hack you'd like to share with us though oh this is my favorite and everyone can do it it's so easy <laughs> Smile. Smile. Yes. That's it. Yes. Smile because if yes. you smile yes. first, because when we meet someone, our brain's going friend or foe. And so if you smile yes. first, now we know that, but a lot of people know that, that, you know, it makes you seem friendly and, and the whole thing. But they've researched TED Talks and they've found that the people who smile are seen as more intelligent. Mm. Exactly. You're getting more intelligent by the moment. <laughs> But it's not wild. Like you wouldn't expect that. You'd think if, oh, very serious, that be, you'd be more intelligent. But no, smile. So smiling makes you look more intelligent, and it also makes people think of you as a friend rather than a foe straight away. It is just such a such a powerful thing. And I'll just extend that a bit further, if you don't mind. Particularly when you're on Zoom or when you're an audience member. So this is what most people do: audience member. And really, that's not really giving any <laughs> the person speaking much. But you can actually do active listening and smile at them and notice what they're doing and encourage them. Um, and I was on a, a Zoom call the other day and I'd said not a word. And the woman after said, you were so supportive. I think I should pay you to be on this call. So smiling and encouraging people when they talk. The choice to do that means that you're going to be more present and also means you're going to listen more as well, and that's going to make you more relatable. There's, there's so many benefits from that. It's, it's fascinating you should share that hack because since we 100% moved to that whole Zoom online world at the start of the pandemic, you know, I, I made a deliberate conscious choice that every single time I go into a room, I, the first thing people are going to see is a smile, deliberate, conscious. It gets me in the place. It's like, why wouldn't you want to see a smile? Now, maybe my smile is not the greatest one in the world, but it's better than when I'm not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. It, it, and, it's, and research bears it out as well, that it's a really smart move. So it's so easy. It's so easy to do. And it just, yeah, it's a game changer, I think. Uh, absolute game changer. Now, if people want to get that game changing going on for themselves and yes. or their organisation, yes. what are some of the best ways for them to contact you, Dale? Well, probably straight through email at dale at playwright.au. 
Yeah, or through LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, we'll put the link in. I know there's some other materials coming that uh, we might add into the show notes there once we go live with this show as well. So there you go, folks. Dale at playwright, playwright.com.au. It'll no, be no, just, in the links. No, no. So Dale at playwright.au. Oh, Dale at playwright.au. Thank you for correcting me uh, on that. We definitely want to get that right. Dale at playwright.au because that is new.au. So, I really want to thank you for sharing your experience, your hacks that work with us here today, Dale, and I really appreciate you joining us here on the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast. Well, thank you so much, Gary. It's so fun doing this with you. So, folks, if you want to please like and subscribe to the Moving Beyond Being Good podcast, please do so. You'll see all the information in the show notes on whatever platform you happen to be listening with us. We're also on YouTube as well. Once again, I'm Gary Ryan, the author of Yes for Success, How to Achieve Life Harmony and Fulfillment, just released very recently. You'll find us on Amazon and also through the show notes with a direct link to our website. If you want to get the ebook, the physical book, or the hardcover book for that. Once again, please like and subscribe. We enjoy your company and we look forward to seeing you and hearing and speaking with you on the next episode. Bye.